You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. Mm. Starting the week off wow. right. Yes, with yeah. a yellow Yeti. I haven't bright seen that one for yellow, a while. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a lime. Putting the lime with the coconut. That is what we're doing here. Putting the lime <laughs> with the coconut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Coco, and you're nuts. <laughs> yes, boy, you got that right. <laughs> that works so good. How are you, my friend? I haven't seen you for a while. Doing well. Doing well. How about you? Good. I'm doing fantastic. It's been a good, uh, good few weeks, and uh, ready to get at it and get the job done. Amen. So, when do you my start hitting soon. the road? Um, I my I have a meeting in the first week of February, and mm-hmm. then uh, about February fifteenth, I will be somewhere every weekend till December. Wow, of, uh, the end of wow. the year. So, yeah, it's gonna be a busy year, but I'm excited. Looking forward to it. So great things happening. We uh, I mentioned earlier that we had someone give uh, a challenge of trying to match two hundred and fifty thousand dollars Canadian, one hundred and eighty six thousand US, and we've had uh, almost forty thousand dollars coming Amen. towards that already. Amen. Oh, that's yeah, and great. I haven't even done anything yet. That's great. I just put the news out and people responded. So yeah, Amen. it's been good. Amen. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. So if we can get that matched, uh, that's one year of mailing to Quebec and New Brunswick and we have one more year and we'll be finished and I mean if we can get the if we can get them done uh the good folks down in Beckley West Virginia and also uh, Milford Ohio are helping to put those together along with our people as well and with those three you know groups going at it um we could we could potentially be done in, in more in less than a two-year period so wow yeah I'm excited so then, well, you know, whenever that's on. over, you yeah. need to make a sub office in Columbus and then go after Ooh. the United States. So, well, that's that's it. America is the sub next target. Office. So your secondary sub office. office in Columbus. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Would never get anything done. <laughs> I know, It'd be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> But the podcast would be incredible. Oh, we'd have fist fights every other week. <laughs> I know. We're having them every week now, so <laughs> it'd be a nice break. <laughs> it's amazing how many people think we're friends. <laughs> Little do they know. We can't stand each other. Uh, that's that true. You can tell. You can tell the love. You can feel the love. Yes, between it just us. <laughs> oozes out of every pore. Oozes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Good, good. Hey, um, great topics have come in. Uh we put Amen. the we put the, the call out and we call again. Uh we've got probably 
uh, I'd say four or five uh, good topics right now that we can work on. We're going to work on one today, but we can always use more. We have 52 weeks, Amen. and uh, we, we can use as many as you can give us. We come up with some good ones, but you come up with better ones sometimes. So we appreciate your angle, and it's nice to it's nice to see where you're looking from and hear where you're looking from and, yes. and uh, some good things. So um, let's start off this week. Great topic idea. Now, most of these have said... Um, you know, keep this anonymous, so we will. But uh, here's one that somebody wrote, and they said, what do you do with disruptions? Disruptions, you know, oh, yeah. in a service, uh, disruptions in ministry, disruptions, you know, with individuals. How do you deal with that? Do you approach people? Do you not approach people? Does the pastor say something? How do you deal with disruptions? And we both know right well what it is to have a disruption oh, yes. in a service, in a wedding ceremony, in a mm. funeral, oh, yes. um, business meetings. Uh, we've got all that experience. So this may take a couple weeks. <laughs> it very well could be. Oh, man. So let's, let's start it off. You're in a church service, and a child is unruly. Someone is speaking out. Someone has come into the service that's maybe inebriated or somebody struggling with mental health, and they're having a tough time. What are some of the things that that's going to happen or we need to do with to deal with that as a pastor and as a member of the congregation? All right, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to just ignore it and say our own thing the whole rest of the time. But okay. it's what the pastor decides. Yeah. Is he in charge yeah. of the service? You know, yeah. yeah. He is the under-shepherd. Yeah. Uh, he is the officiant of the service, so whatever the pastor decides. So mm. we could have, we got a few thousand people that are listening to this who are church members, and right. they get bugged about stuff and they don't like stuff and they, you know, they want to chop somebody's head off or they want to kick them out of the service. And hey, it's whatever the pastor decides, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. whatever we say is got to be prefaced by, this is probably what I would do. This is what right. I have done. This is what I would mm-hmm. suggest should probably be done. But it really is ultimately up to the pastor. He is the one who has prayed and fasted and studied and is trying to direct the service. Uh, you could mm-hmm. have a, a congregation full of brand new Christians that are a little bit unruly. You could have a congregation mm-hmm. of uh, maybe, you know, some areas like down south. Uh, maybe you got a, you know, more vocal people and, mm-hmm. you know, they move to an area like Canada or New England and somebody says, Amen, Amen, yeah. praise God, brother. And everybody looks around and gives them the, you know, the <laughs> evil eye, you know. So, skunk eye, so yeah. that's the first thing, you know, that, that I right. think that we ought to preface is, Look, it, it is up to the pastor. We may say a few things of whatever we tolerate, but it's whatever he's going to tolerate first. So that's got to be understood. Yeah, I think also let's say this, that every pastor ought to have something in place because that is going to happen. There should be some kind of protocol that you follow, especially there in the States. I mean, there's a real security threat to churches in the United States. And unfortunately, we are starting to see 
uh, some crimes happening here that just are appalling to us. And we just had a police officer that was shot. He pulled over on a routine stop. Somebody had gone off into the ditch. And two young people opened fire and shot and killed that police officer. Mm. And, I mean, that is that is almost unheard of here. But in the States, I mean, there's been some attacks on churches and synagogues and other places of worship. And people will come in, and that's a disruption. And so I know a lot of churches have a plan for that, if somebody should come in to try and harm the congregation. But I don't know that we have a plan for dealing with an unruly child. And I, and I think you did too, met with ushers and said, hey, you know, if this happens, if a lady brings a baby in and that baby's squalling, I can't compete with that baby. You can't. And a baby comes in and is just cute and and cooing. I can't compete with that baby. And I had ladies in place, and I had ushers poised to say, ma'am, we have a nursery facility, and we would love to help you get that baby to the nursery and do that kindly and politely without offending. Uh, It didn't always happen, but it was in place. And I would say, preachers, if you're listening to this, ask yourself, do we have something in place? If you don't, you probably should. So... Take it from there, my friend. Yeah, prevent it. Number one is yes. you try to prevent it as much as you can. Plan on it. So, Plan you know, it. you've got your eagle eye people that are looking and seeing. And like you said, you're trying to catch somebody early, you know. And generally, people get to church five minutes before to five minutes after. And so that makes it even more difficult when the service has already started. But, you know, you try to find a lady in your church who is a very kind talking individual but you can you can still be forceful and kind we are so glad that you're here today and our pastor uh, has requested that no babies no infants be in the service so would you mind if i show you uh, two mm-hmm. options that you have and you can take them out you know, we have a what we call a cry room, an area where you can sit. Right. It's right behind the auditorium. You can listen to the service. You you know, you look through a window. You're you're just an extended part of the serv- of the auditorium that you know is is a little bit more soundproof. Has a changing table, a couple of rocking chairs, those kind of things. So that is a convenient. Uh, place for them to be and of course our nurseries if they want to take them so there's there's you're able to pay attention a little bit better they can see the nursery themselves make that decision you know and uh, you know make so but but you don't want somebody who who says hey would you like to go would you like your child in the nursery and they go no right you've got to be careful on how you say it thank you for coming we're so happy that you were here the pastor has requested that we don't have infants in the service so we have two options for you may i show them to you and you can decide which one is best for you you know now you've said get out (laughs) you know so get out with your baby but you've hopefully done it in a good kind way and you know why people won't do that anymore nobody wants to hurt somebody's feelings right and we we're not trying to hurt people's feelings at church but you have to have some kind of some kind of protocol like what you said so Mm -hmm. you know the best thing you can do at the beginning is try to prevent it right i i use this line i'd say ma'am would you like to really enjoy the service this morning? Oh, yes. 
Well, you'll enjoy it a lot better if you don't have to be distracted by your little one. We have folks that will watch her or him, and they're trained professionals. They have a background check done on them. Uh, our ladies have been in the nursery for years. They've all had children, grandchildren, and you know, again, take them and show them, like you said. But I would use that line that you know you're mm-hmm. going to enjoy this a whole oh, lot yes. better, and and other people are as well. And and I understand. Um, I'm in a new place, and I'm going to hand my child over to a complete stranger. Not on your life, you know. Mm-hmm. And I like when churches have, you know, they have beepers or you know some kind of call system where they can call you. Um, yeah, you don't need it anymore you know, when you have somebody's cell phone, so you know he's right. sending text, you know. Right, and and you know we will text you, and we will not turn this baby over to anybody but you. Here is mm-hmm. a special card you get, so that only you get that child. Because we actually had an incident where uh, a mother dropped a baby off, and the father who had separated from the mother came into the church and tried to get the baby. Oh wow! Oh my! So yeah, we've experienced that. So yeah, children can be a huge disruption, and for those pastors and and I've been in some churches who think that the family unit should be together all the time and that the family should sit together in church all the time um you can do that if you wish and that's Amen. your prerogative as we Amen. said but I will tell you this as a visiting pastor that is very very difficult preaching situation and you might be able to do it and know your people and know how to get away with that but I found it very very difficult I preach and I just I don't say anything. I do what I'm supposed to do, but it's you can tell people people are distracted, and we have so many oh, distractions yeah. today. Cell phones going off—that's a whole nother podcast right there. Cell phone issues, and mm. well, maybe we'll touch on that. Um, you can put it on the sign. You can put it on the door. You can have ushers turn your cell phone off, and somebody leaves that stinking cell phone on, yep. and it rings right during prayer or the invitation time. The devil uses small children and cell phones and other disruptions in a service. Don't kid yourself. He does. I've seen it so many times. That kid will be perfect until you say, would you like to trust Jesus? Then they start crying and fussing and all kinds Mm -hmm. of stuff. So that's, that's the reason we want people to be able to pay attention. And I'll tell you, as you get older, any disruption can really throw you. And I know because I hang around with Brother Wolven, and boy, it's easy to distract him. <laughs> well, hey, um, what 20- and 30-year-old pastors do not understand is when you get older and your hearing starts to go, disruptions make it to where yes. you can't hear what was said. And if right. you have a soft-talking pastor, that sound mm-hmm. guy better boost him up. Or you're gonna yes. you're gonna lose your older congregation. They're gonna come out of obligation, and because it's right, but they're not gonna be happy. And no. and so you know you you they need to be able to hear. I just got hearing yeah. aids a few months ago, and I love them. I mean, I really do. I can I can hear what people are saying and things now. But yeah. but I'm telling you, it, it is such a a distraction. And unfortunately, some older people are not very kind. You know, they, they've right. become set in their ways, right. and they're yeah. willing to say anything that they want. They feel have the, they have the right. They've lived enough years to where now they ought to be able to say anything they want, and they don't have to say it. They don't have to be like the Scriptures say, speaking the truth in love. And so they're wrong for that. But you, you also need to be sympathetic 
and try to put yourself in other people's shoes. Everybody wants to be concerned about the mom who's bringing the baby in, but we ought to be concerned about the 80 people to 120 other people that can't hear. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, be quiet. You speak too loud. You're too long. Oh, sorry, I just had to get that out of my chest. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I 60. <laughs> we cannot compete with a baby, good no, or bad. Good no. or bad. That baby exactly. just sits there and coos and blows bubbles yeah. and smiles. Oh, well, yeah. everybody behind the baby's looking at the baby, not listening to a word you're saying, because yeah. it's much more entertaining than you are. Yeah, and I have to wonder... And maybe maybe you're that parent today that has that little child or little children, uh, and you sit right on the front row or the second to front row. Are you doing that so people do pay attention to your children, or do you just want them to pay attention? I don't know. Um, sometimes it's better if you sit in the back. We used to have a pew set apart for people with children in the back, and we told them, we put you back here so that if you need to slip out, it's available. It's quick, easy, and cheap to get you out of the auditorium, and uh, we would do that, but we definitely would try to urge people. What about this? We've got uh, about four, four or five minutes. What about folks with mental health issues? Because we have a lot of those today, people that come in maybe on drugs or alcohol, mental health. Here in St. Thomas, noted for two things. Uh, number one, um, we are the home of the home, killing Jumbo the, the killed elephant. Jumbo the elephant. <laughs> Jumbo Bumbo. He's he's gone, and we have a huge, huge statue. Yes, uh, erected as you pull into town. You can see the. We just thought uh, you guys were all Republican the first time we showed up, but well, we should be. Um, as you pull into St. Thomas, you get to see the west end of an elephant going east. <laughs> lovely, lovely view. And then we are home, we're home for a very, very long time to the largest psychiatric hospital in Canada mm. and had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of psychiatric patients who would then be. Well, why do you put think the Lord the had prepared you to go I, there? I know. Well, this sounds very crass and crude, and, and people will be upset with me today. But when we were kids, this was now, you know, 50 years ago. We would say, if you're bad, they're going to send you to St. Thomas to the loony <laughs> bin. And guess what? I must have been bad because I've been here 35 years. I still can't get out. But they would they would be uh, amalgamated back into the community, and they always come to church. And they're, they're looking for you know community. They're looking a lot of times for handouts. Uh, if there's any kind of food thing going on at all, they are there. And uh, sometimes they would be disruptive, and we'd have to deal with that. So those are that's a very real thing today with mental health. And, and in our cities, I mean, our city is now full of homeless people. Um, we didn't have that for many, many years. And now we have, you know, several hundred homeless people, and they will show up at church and sometimes cause a disruption because they're either not in their right mind or, you know, they, they just want to cause trouble. So... How do you deal with someone like that? What would you do with someone like that? Yeah, you have to sort of ha have a scale of degrees of disruption, you know, mm -hmm. to me. Um, if two kids are whispering the, through the whole service, they're whispering and giggling, but they're not making a big commotion, I'm not going to ruin the service or, or cause a worse disruption uh in, by me commenting by something that's silent, I mm -hmm. will wait until after the service and go talk to them. 
Now, listen, you right. two, you talk through the whole service. The next time that happens, I'm going to mention it to your parents and maybe have you split up, you know, it, whatever I'm going to say. Um, right, right. And so you don't make it, you don't make a worse disruption just because you're bothered about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got that sliding scale, wherever your degree is. For me, it's being a distraction to other people from the message. Yes. That, that's yes. where, it, so it could be, you know, clipping fingernails, it could be whatever, you know. So, um, you know, sometimes I would just say, I just pound on the pulp and say, listen, listen, stop what you're doing and listen to me. Just because maybe I don't want to chew out an adult <laughs> who yeah. call him down from the pulpit, you know, but uh, uh, the degree of disruption. So, again, preparation. Some people should be prepared in the church that if somebody um, maybe has some emotional issues, that they can go to them during the service and, you know, ask, would you, you know, can can I see you outside? I want to I want to ask you something. You get them out of the service somehow, you know, if, yeah. if they if they can't stop. But you know, we've we have gotten a little bit uh, wimpy, you know. Uh, whenever mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the preachers that I would listen, to, the old preachers I listened to as a kid, they oh, dealt boy. with hecklers all the time. They dealt yeah. with people, you know, they'd put up tent meetings and drunks had come through and, you know, riding on their horses or honking their horns on their old beat up trucks and doing everything they can to disrupt the service. And whenever somebody right. s- says something, it's we're all aghast now, you know, so, yeah. you know, you, you got to look at that degree of disruption. Yeah, I agree. We we always had somebody in the foyer or foyer for our American friends in the foyer um, who was our first line of defense when people came in, uh, especially if it was after the service started, they would sit with them in the hallway or they would try to direct them, you know, to a back row. Um, if somebody and came you're in, they were befriending them. You really are. Yes. You are not Absolutely. saying we're, we're putting a scarlet letter on you. You're, you're trying to befriend them because you right. think that there may be an issue. And now somebody's dedicated to helping them with their issue. Yeah. And so they would, they would you know, direct them that way. If they were trouble, um, our ushers who sat by the back door were told, if you hear a commotion, you leave this service and you go back and you help and you take care of that. And I don't know if we ever had to call the police, but we've we've had a couple times where we thought we might have to, uh, where somebody became very belligerent, you know, and, and loud. And I remember one service I had to I had to say something from the pulpit. We we have an issue in the hallway. Everything's okay. Our guys mm-hmm. are back there looking after it. So, Pastor, you may have to be prepared to do that as well, and just let people know that everything's okay. So people get spooked today. And talking about kids that are disruptive, I would call kids out in the service if if they were causing a commotion i would do that 20 years ago 15 years ago maybe 10 years ago but today i would be very cautious about that people are so easily offended and get out of sorts so quickly because discipline has changed in the minds of people you know that's my child i will discipline i and then i think well if you're going to discipline your kid sitting right next to you why aren't you taking care of it um, it, it can be it can be a real uh, strong point between a pastor and his people, and between people in the church and other people. So I would say have a plan, as you said, have a scale of degree of how you're going to deal with it, and and know that this is going to happen. So 
that's where we're at. Hey, yeah, there's, for Wednesday, we've got we got the you've got the disruptions from within and the disruptions from without, and we're never mm-hmm. really going to be truly ready for any disruption, any change, any problem. You got power outages. You've got you know tornado uh, drills going off, or you know tornado warnings, or I mean, you've got so many things. You know, any more. You know, you get an amber alert. That happened a couple of times in right. church. You know, right. you get an right. amber alert. Well, everybody has their phone off, but the amber alert rings anyway. You got 80 right. cell phones going off or 120 <laughs> cell phones going off. I mean, it's just like, you know, I just make a joke about it and we sort of just go on, you know. So yeah. disruptions, it's just going to happen. But you try to right. avoid as many as you can and... Uh, you know, we know, we know. Uh, try to be, uh, try to try to be responsive to the things that are that are going on, and be aware. Sometimes a preacher doesn't even know what's going on. He's so right, either right. looking down at his notes, or mm-hmm. maybe so caught up in what's in what he's saying, he has no concept of things that are going on. I've been in church where people have had a heart attack in the middle of the service, and mm. you know, I mean, just yeah, me and, too. and to watch. A skilled preacher, uh, experienced skilled preacher, co- start doing something on the platform that gets it, people's attention to where they never saw the paramedics take the person out from about yeah. uh, the back third of the auditorium. You know, it, but right. he just to man, mani- not manipulate, but uh, to mesmerize, right. to try to get the attention yep. of the crowd and try to keep yep. that attention and. And all the while you're praying within, Lord, help me, you know. When that Amber Alert goes off and it says imminent tornado, do you joke and say things like, hey, the windbag in here is way stronger than the winds outside, stuff like that? <laughs> is that what you we've, tell them? To- we've had to go downstairs to the basement for a Sunday night yeah. service. You know, I mean, yeah. we just, I mean, basements, are you going to send people home? <laughs> so yeah. they can run into a tornado. So safest place you can be is yeah. in the basement. So we just set up uh, the uh, basement and had church in the basement. So yeah, hey everybody, get in the bathtub in the basement. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. Hey, for Wednesday, uh, let's talk about ministry disruptions. And I've I've got a good one. I've got a story um, that that we both know. Uh, about a ministry disruption, you're gonna love it. Don't miss it. It's 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 a good one, and that'll be Wednesday. I'm Al Stone. I am in St. Thomas and uh, getting ready to hit the road again. And uh, I'm excited about what the Lord's gonna do this year. I'm looking forward to some great things. So Amen. I hope you have a great day from St. Thomas. Yeah. Let me remind you just one more time. Let's mm-hmm. be biblical. If you have a problem, you go to the brother or sister about that problem privately. Mm-hmm. And then it, you if that doesn't work, you take somebody with you to go with the problem. You don't just go home and start complaining or start walking around the auditorium complaining. I don't know why the pastor lets this go on. I don't know how why sister so-and-so can't control her kids. You know, maybe it would help if you went and said, can I help you? You know, it... Would you be open to coming over to our house and we can go, you know, have some discipleship classes? I mean, sometimes parents may need some help in learning how to parent, you know. So rather than just complain, 
you know, let's uh, let's try to be as Christian as we can. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. Thank you so much again. Uh, give us a rating, a review. That's a great blessing. And of course, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening. Um, I always mess up on that last word. The yeah, favorite I know. listening platform. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Platform. That's platform, the word. Yeah. yeah. Platform. There you go. Hey, this is Tim Talks, the Tim Talks, world famous Tim Talks, number one greatest, best podcast of all time. I see stores put that up all the time, and you know they're not, so we can do it too. We'll do it too. We hope you have a great day, and we'll be back with you on Wednesday. Don't forget, I got a great store for you. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back on Wednesday. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.